Welcome to another episode of Building Success, a real estate podcast. My name is Nick, and I will once again be your guide as we talk to some of the best and brightest in the worlds of real estate tech, operations, and financials from across the globe. This podcast would not be possible without listeners such as yourselves, so if you like what you hear and you'd like to hear more of it, please consider liking and subscribing to the podcast wherever you get it from, whether it be iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, even YouTube, anywhere that you get our podcast, if you can like it, share it, subscribe to it, it goes very far in letting us know how we're doing and what content you find relevant moving forward. So today I am joined by James Lavery, the Director of Marketing for EMEA at MRI Software. And on today's episode, we will be discussing a new report recently released by MRI Software, Charting UK Property Trends. And I am joined by James today. James, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. And we are in the midst of MRI Software's International Users Conference taking place in London this week. And what better time amidst all of this technology and innovation to get together and talk about what's happening in the industry, particularly what's happening in the EMEA region, Europe. Um, really excited to dive into this report. And I've, I've already reviewed it. Um, but before we, we get into this, James, I kind of wanted to ask the question, uh, why? Why was it that MRI software decided to initiate this kind of research? Well, Nick, as you know, there's, there's a lot of change going on in the industry, you know, whether that be demographic trends, whether that be socioeconomic trends, whether that be uh, Brexit, uh, that's, that's a familiar topic here in the UK, yeah. or whether that be environmental changes. So we really want to find out more about what's going on and how that's impacting property and, and, and real estate professionals. So that was the one reason, one of the first reasons why we've, we've conducted this survey and written the report. Okay. So uh, we really, really want to dig into um, some real world data you know, there's, there's no substitute for that because, you know, there's a lot that you can read about in the press, but we wanted the data to back that up uh, and data in those certain sectors. And we've got a breadth of, of operations as well. And we wanted to go across all of those sectors and, and really dig into what's happening within those sectors. So so those are the, the principal three reasons why we, we conducted the, the survey. And, and we really want to uh, talk about it at events like, like IUC uh, and engage with our clients at a time like this. Well, let's talk about those sectors for a minute because obviously the, the report's only as good as the data that's provided. So where did this information come from? Who was, who was interviewed in the survey to put this report together? Where, where did the information come from? So we went out to our, our user base and to, to a number of prospects that were we're constantly dealing with, uh, and, and we interviewed uh, and, and, and surveyed 144 professionals, uh, and they, they came from uh, some of the higher levels within some of those companies, so senior managers, uh, C-suite, uh, within those organizations, and we, were, uh, we asked them a, a range of questions, very, very in-depth uh, uh, survey itself, uh, and we, we conducted that survey over, over the, the space of November. Um, so they've come back. We've we've analysed that that data, uh, and the report is is ready now for for publication. All right. Well, let's let's dig right in. And you know, there's a lot of headlines in this report. And the first one I wanted to touch on 
uh, has to do with with retail because it seems like retail was a was a thread a common thread in this and what was interesting was it wasn't necessarily about the evolution of retail but what's happening to some of those retail properties especially as it relates to the residential sector and turning and converting maybe some of those properties into different uses and what what can you tell me about some of the some of the things we learned there well i think this goes back to the story of where we're positioned in the marketplace uh, nick so Really, we, we have a, a, a set of retail solutions, a set of residential solutions, and, and there is quite a lot of interaction uh, between those sort of sectors with some of the, the, the users of those solutions, and we want to just find out a little bit more. So it goes back to that, that first point that we talked about around why we wanted to do this. Yeah. Um, so we really wanted to find out what was happening in the evolving residential marketplace. Uh, and, and there's a great demand for residential properties within the UK and specifically within large metropolitan areas. Uh, however, the, the land isn't sufficiently available for those, those properties to be developed. Uh, on the other hand, you've got this, this major shift within, within retail where there's, there's such a lot happening around uh, online sales, etc., and retailers struggling on the high street. So you've got these two worlds that are sort of colliding. Yeah. Uh, and what, what we want to dig into is really find out, well, you know, what are the opportunities for 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 um, the owners of, of the retail property space um, to, to actually diversify and move in, in, in into residential development, which we're seeing more and more about. So anecdotally, we'd heard a lot of that within our, our customer base. We'd read a lot about that in the press. We wanted to dig into you know some of the stats behind that story. So yeah. that, that was the basis of our, our research there. So let's talk about some of those stats. And one of the big headlines was almost three quarters. So I think the report said 72% of property professionals are seeing residential development from retail premises to giving that high street a new lease on life. Yeah. Which is which is fairly fairly high. But then also two thirds, so sixty six percent, think that X retail property could be the biggest untapped resource for new residential development in the UK. And again, that goes back to to what you're saying about limited availability of space combined with this this force of retail no longer being in demand coming together and really adapting the properties to suit both of those differing things that are happening in the industry. Well, yeah, I think there's, there's, there's those two forces, as you say, and that's a perfect way of putting it. And and they really are forces. So these are these are big things that are happening, not just within the property industry, but you know it, it's happening with the within the economy. And so that, that there's that huge sort of third force that's coming in yeah. and, and and clashing. Um, we're, we're seeing very much with those with those residential developers lots of really really interesting trends. So whether it be in the build-to-rent marketplace, uh, where uh, similar to, to in the U.S., where, where the, the sort of multifamily developments, the, the sort of uh, professional large institutional investor has, has gone into, into the residential property sphere, uh, that, that is taking off within the U.K., uh, and and th- those those sort of the, the innovative uses of land, whether it be a, an investor that might have a, a, a traditional sort of shopping center portfolio, looking at at, at going into uh, areas such as uh, as the residential sphere with 
with, with creating residential blocks around around their shopping centre, whether it be a transport uh, owner, so maybe a public center, sector transport owner that is, is putting a residential block over their, 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 their train station or a bus depot or, or wherever it happens to be, those sort of hubs of, of networks. Uh, and it, it's being creative about how, how developments happen. There goes uh, that story back to the high street where you know those those landlords of residential premises are really thinking creatively about how they can actually get money out of that, that survive yeah. yeah and it's it's interesting because there's there is that that force there's there's multiple forces on the high street retail right yeah. you have online shopping that's hampering sales and then there's this this new convenience aspect that's involved too where someone that's moving into a multifamily or a residential space is actually seeing as a benefit having first floor retail. Oh yeah. And and having that combination. So in one sense, people don't want to go to these retail shopping centers as much with the advancement of online shopping. But at the same time, as people start to build some of these new communities, they're keeping retail in mind as a new amenity, which is actually bringing retail right back to the forefront for the developer. Yeah, to some extent, there's no such thing as as, as commercial development anymore, or residential development. It it is mixed use, and and we've been seeing that for a long time yeah. uh, within this within this uh, particular geographic area, and, and worldwide for that matter. Um, so you know those those traditional sort of people that just concentrated in one asset class, it, it just you know it's it, it's practically unheard of nowadays. Yeah, uh, or or you look at it uh, a bit uniquely. Um, so yeah, that that that. That's a trend that's been happening for a long time, and and, and just will continue to, to to evolve in that in that direction. Okay, so talk to me about the stat related to the WeWork and and co-working kind of spaces that are also evolving from retail. I saw that at the at the beginning of the research report. So yeah, that that that's a really interesting point that just relates to what we've been talking about. So four out of five of those uh, surveyed saw that there was a, a massive opportunity uh, for people that were also uh, in that sort of uh, commercial uh, retail space uh, converting into the office uh, and, and co-working environment. So, of course, we, we've all heard uh, uh, and seen what's been happening within the office uh, market where, where we're looking at, at co-working facilities and, and shared shared office facilities. And, and there's lots of brands out there that are doing that. A couple of very obvious big ones, yeah. as 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 we all know, and and that that sort of speaks to very much, you know, people that own retail assets uh, are looking at not just sort of converting them into residential use, but of course into into that office use as well, and and that sort of brings another sort of huge clash in because people people are looking at town centres as. As a different environment nowadays, they're looking at it as a, as a working and a living and a shopping environment. So I'm not saying Nick that this is going to save the future of our high streets, but I am saying that that there is change on the way and people are being creative about this. And and taking the amenity as as one of the big draws for some of these properties and these developments. So whether that be that that co-working space that has its own amenities, whether yeah. it be the residential properties that we already spoke of that have the the retail component that becomes the amenity and that's that's a change that's happened as we've seen the involvement of generation z and the millennials where there are certain needs and desires that they have that especially on the residential side 
um, maybe weren't a priority for some of the the older you know residents and tenants of property. So, what once became you know an amenity of having washer and dryer units, we're now talking about high speed broadband, internet access as becoming some of these big amenities. Absolutely, absolutely, we've seen we've seen that, and we we, we did a, a a bit of a comparison within this report to the counterpart report in, in the US that we conducted earlier on in the year. Yeah. Uh, and we saw some really interesting things. Uh, uh, strangely, the, the demands for, for, for some of the more technological aspects in the UK uh, seem to be less so. They were there, you know, people were yeah. are wanting those things, but they're, they're less of a priority. So one of the big things that, we, that, that, that those, those demographics that you talked about there are, are simply looking for is really good broadband. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so, you know, the, the, you know they're, not, they're, not, they're not comparing, you know, looking at things like, uh, you know, sort of in-unit, in uh, you know, laundry facilities. They're not looking at, uh, at sort, of, sort of payment portals or sort of maintenance portals like we saw in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. Where, where that market is in, in, in some respects more evolved in terms of the sort of multifamily market. Market that's been going on since the early 1990s. Uh, you know, we're, we're to some extent catching up a little bit. If you want to headline there in yeah. the UK, um, and you know, people just want some of the more basic things at the moment. Um, yeah, we all want good broadband. Yeah. Who doesn't really? <laughs> well, and who who needs a nice retail space if they can order their stuff online with good broadband, right? Who needs yeah. <laughs> who needs a good plaza with a movie theater if if you're able to just stream Netflix with no well, issue? Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so that's a perfect example and perfect way of looking at it. So staying on the, the technology front here for a second, um, one of the other headline findings in the report, over half of property professionals say connecting up or linking applications, processes, and data within their company is difficult. So moving on from the resident to the actual property managers themselves, looking to find an easier way to, to start to bring all of these processes together now seems to be top of mind for the majority. Yeah, it, it, it is top of mind. It's growing as PropTech evolves. So PropTech is creating many, many different applications and many, many different solutions. And there's not one size fits all. So there's there's not one nirvana where we're going to get one solution. And so businesses have realized this. And they're looking at the best of breed in certain areas they're looking at, at at actually connecting up those those applications and creating you know one one ecosystem in their business of, of applications so hey th- they're going to want to do that easily uh, and you know we, we've seen it for a, a, a quite a few years this sort of trend happening and, and doing that activity is is what many people struggle with uh, and you know, dare I say that they, they, they need to look at, at providers that can have that open and connected uh, mantra and that ethos but behind their operations. So I'm having a, a good check on that and asking before they buy something, can I connect it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So so that is that is is one of the big trends. The other big trend in the, in the tech sphere that we saw uh, was was data um, and the amount of data that these businesses have 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 got uh, that they've developed over many many years and it 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 was shown in the survey that it's not about having that data and and collecting that data it's about how it's used how it's presented uh, and how it can be turned into sort of actionable insights yeah Uh, and and we saw that um 
three quarters uh, of the of the survey respondents, you know, said that they struggled with that. So, which was which was a, a really interesting insight. And it's it's a back to that thing. We we, we sort of knew that. Yeah. Um, but it was just putting a number on it, Nick, which was really interesting. So. Um, Putting a number on it is, is really what we've tried to do with this report, and that's why we wanted to do it. And as technology evolves, too, people are realizing that there's so many more uses for their data beyond you know the, the simple basic reporting that they may have had in the past. And there's, there's plenty of different applications and, and ways to utilize this information to not only streamline their processes, but can really bring impactful you know, insight into what it is that they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they, they might have a piece of data in there that they um, don't really know what the use of it for is until they start to mine that. So we've talked about sort of, especially in the residential sphere, where uh, there's these, these businesses that might be looking at, at where they place developments, for instance, how, how they run those developments. But they could have some really useful data about their residents already that they're not mining and they're not utilizing. Um, so, so it's about it's about knowing how to dig into that, how to find it, and how to report on that. And and that's that's a challenge that's gone on for a long time with within property management. But I think it, it's it's really interesting to see that people are are realizing that now because yeah, you know, yeah. it's something that 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 you know businesses that like like this one has talked about for a long time and tried to help people with but it, but it's coming to the attention of people that that it's a problem now so that that that's really good so obviously you hear that you hear the phrase and the words prop tech it's being used a lot and in the survey there's a lot of organizations that were responding about the need to whether it be as we discussed you know dealing with their data or finding solutions that can work together um, the surprising thing in the survey that I saw, and hopefully you can speak to this, is that there was still a group of people that believe a lot of this is is just noise. And, you know, there's a lot of when they're hearing all of these buzzwords, they're kind of more standoffish waiting to kind of see how things are evolving. Can you can you kind of speak to that group as well? Yeah, it's that that's really interesting. And there's been a lot of commentary around this within the industry and a lot of blog posts about, you know, is this the time for prop tech? You know, are these the years of prop tech? Uh, and and many of the industry commentators have said yes, it is, um, but it's going to take time. Uh, so I think you know we've been in prop tech for a, for a long time as a business, and you know we've seen sort of many many peaks and many many troughs in that. Um, and within the sort of the, the the wider, more amplified noise of, of prop tech, you know, there is a lot of a lot happening. Uh, and there's some really, really forward-thinking companies that are adopting it and trying to connect things up and, and use that sort of ecosystem approach and, and build better you know, internal systems and better customer-facing systems out there. Um, but there's many others that are just sitting back and seeing what's happening and seeing you know, what are the best solutions. And, and, and frankly, there's some confusion out there as well. Yeah. So I think that stat speaks to that that sort of group that might just be sitting back there and maybe slightly confused by by the marketplace. Confused and waiting to see what what actually becomes maybe of some of these these technological advances. You hear blockchain, you hear robotic process automation, you hear artificial intelligence in real estate. I think in some in some instances it can it can make some companies feel a little more apprehensive about jumping 
feet first into something that may not be a proven technology yet. Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, you could you could even say you know scared. Uh, yeah. As as one word that just sort of sums it up. Yeah. So I, I think you know they. They, they need to oftentimes just sort of go back to basics. Uh, and it's, it's interesting, you know, we are holding a couple of sessions this, this uh, year at our user conference that are sort of talking around that subject, both within, you know, the sort of residential sphere uh, and within the wider marketplace, you know, what, what people should be thinking about when they're adopting technology. So, you know, we're hoping to help people and guide them through that process as well. So speaking of processes, Maybe we should we should turn the discussion towards Brexit. I know that that was that was another another piece to this this report, and um, some interesting statistics and um, thoughts came out of that. Can you can you speak to that? Yeah, it, it, it's it's a really interesting time here in the UK, and it's it's such a huge topic. And we we thought to ourselves, will we ask a question on Brexit? And we mulled over long and hard about that, but we thought we can't ask people about the industry and not ask them about this subject in in this particular time you know because there's been so much talk and noise about it you know you know at a dinner party you mentioned brexit and everybody moans but you know (laughs) it it is it is headline news so and it it will have it will affect one way or the other the way that some of these businesses are going to handle their operations it it will it'll it'll affect probably how how we all live in the uk for 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 a good while now but uh, I, you know, in, in terms of the, the survey, you know, there are some really interesting things. The, the, the marketplace seems to be quite buoyant and quite upbeat about the future. And some of the stats that we got were that 29% of the marketplace felt that uh, a, a Brexit of, of really any kind would probably not, whether that be soft or hard, would probably not affect uh, the industry too much. Which or, is surprising uh, to me. It feels That feels low. Well, it, it did. It felt low to me as well. And, and we started to analyze the responses and analyze the mood of the industry around those. And it really seems that people are quite sort of confident based upon the past history. So the property industry uh, is subject to ups and downs. We, we've all been through a lot yeah. uh, as property professionals. And we, we've, we've seen what's happened in the past, not just the past 10 years, but if you go back uh, into further cycles, we, we've all been up and we've all been down. And, and I think that's the mood of the industry is, hey, we've been through this before. We, we, we know what happens. Uh, we know how to handle it. We know how to sort of uh, retrench in, into the position where we need to be. And yeah, so, yeah. so that's where we felt that, 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 was a, that, that, that there was a feeling in the industry was, was towards that area. So interesting uh surprising to me as well but once you once you look at it in a bit more detail it 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 tends to make sense yeah yeah so that's that's kind of brexit from the property manager perspective um and the the property organizations but now let's kind of shift brexit to the actual impacted maybe home buyer renter someone in the space looking at renting or buying a property Uh, what kind of findings did you see on that end well, so the, the, there was a real sentiment around this that that it would help the home buyer, um, but not the renter. Okay. So, and that's financially. I, I mean, in that respect. Yeah. So, so rents would 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 stay high. Um, mm-hmm. There's a potential that that buying prices might might fall, and that sort of supports some of the the, the sort of governmental uh, banking uh, analysis that's out there as well. That there's a chance um, based upon 
differing models of Brexit, uh, whichever way you look at it, that, that there could possibly be house price falls helping the buyer. Um, but rental demand would, would still stay strong, um, sort of based upon sort of added value uh, services and, and, and activities within within the rental market and, and, and what's happening out there. So And the demand is still going up for these these rental properties as well. Uh, as, as seen yeah. as we saw earlier in our discussion or as we heard earlier in our discussion about how they're continuing to build these properties as well on the rental side. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there, there, there still seems to be this sort of demand based upon sort of the, the lifestyle of, of, of certain demographics uh, to, to rent and the desire to rent. Um, so uh, that, that just seems to be the, the trajectory of, of the future for the marketplace around residential rentals. Uh, and the industry sort of supports that and you know some of the findings just going right back to the beginning again really dug into that and we, we found that there was still this sort of uh, push on in the build to rent marketplace yeah where you know it isn't just a bubble it's an asset class that's here here for the long term and, and you know we've seen it in the US so yeah um, some of the the, the, the companies in, in the US uh, in 1993 had, um, 9,000 units and now they're, they're 400,000 unit plus uh, operations so so that that's it that's what people are looking at and that's what people are, are looking to emulate and and build that asset class up even bigger and, and people think that that's here to stay well James thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today and uh, before we before we close it out do you have any kind of parting words or uh, any additional any feedback or anything else you'd like to say about the report well, I, I think I'll just go back to that that first point. Uh, you know, we, we really wanted some real world data, Nick, uh, and we've achieved that. And, and I think we, we really also wanted to see what the sentiment was out there as well. So that was, you know, some of the, the, the ob- objectives of the report. Uh, and just on that sentiment, you know, there is a lot of change. The industry sees the change. Uh, they're not unaware. Uh, they've got an opinion. And I think they're very optimistic and they see opportunity. So whether that be in, in the high street, whether that be in office, whether that be in the residential sphere, you know, people are enabling themselves for that change and enabling themselves through technology uh, and some of the more forward thinking organizations are doing that. So it makes us happy as well to hear that because, hey, we're, we're a technology organization and we're here to support that change. And, uh, and that's what we're building here within MRI. And, and we're looking forward to helping people with those challenges. James, thank you so much for joining me. Okay. I know you have a busy week with the International Users Conference, and I appreciate you taking the time to share the report. No, very enjoyable. Thank you. So if you'd like to see the report for yourself, get some of this insight and data, uh, there will be a link. You should find it in the show notes. However, you are listening to this podcast. Um, You'll be able to find more information as well at mri.com slash UK. And if you like building success and want to hear more of it, please check out mrisoftware.com slash building success. Thank you so much for your time. And until next time, we will see you later.